recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Fighters for America World Radio. Tonight we have a special show. We have Mr. Ron Branson from Jails for Judges, and I'm Independence, your host, and we have Miriam Snyder from End Organized Crime Today, who will be the co-host. So, again, welcome to the show, Ron. Yes, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, could you tell us, sir, uh, a little bit about Jails for Judges and, uh, you know, how you got involved with Jails for Judges? How did you start this? Well, it was uh, it took quite an experience on my part uh, because I started from ignorance. Uh, I was under the illusion that if you went into court and the law was on your side and the facts that you would argue your case, the judge would understand uh, your arguments. The other side could not uh, refute it, and you would win a case. Mm-hmm. Well, this was an illusion I had, and I remember in my early days, I couldn't believe what the judge uh, was ruling, and uh, I said to myself, boy, just wait until the Court of Appeals sees this. They're going to swallow their Adam's apple. Mm-hmm. Well, as I say, that was my days of ignorance, and when I got up to the appellate court, I found that they were more corrupt than the judge that they were reviewing. And uh, so <laughs> I, I came to the conclusion in due time that um, the scum, like back at the old pond, you will found that uh, all the scum rises to the top. Right. You don't get those positions unless you're corrupt. Right. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, you, you had... You had- um, personal dealings inside the court, and you had problems with judges, apparently. And um, so you you file appeals and all this kind of thing, and somehow the judicial system doesn't seem right. There seems to be uh, a lot of um, abuse or corruption or whatever you want to call it. So you, you had started this organization called Jails for Judges. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do there? Uh, yes. Well, let me let me go a little further and explain uh, more about my experience, what led me into this. Sure. Um, I had years of going into the courts and appealing up to the U.S. Supreme Court, which uh, over an 18-year period took me to the U.S. Supreme Court 14 times. And over this 18-year period, I never had a single day that I did not have something pending in some court state or federal at some level. Uh, eventually, I learned that you're not going to get anywhere by seeking justice in the judicial system. And was, uh, after I learned that point, I, <clears throat> I, was, um, I came to the conclusion we just can't run our country this way without justice. And so I, my determination was, what can be done to bring... Uh, accountability of these judges. First off, I started suing government because of their corruption. They were going to the courts, and it was always the judges that covered up for the government corruption. My first realization was the problem is not government corruption. It is judicial corruption. Eventually, I started suing judges, and it would go in front of other judges, and they always elect judicial immunity. And I realized that these judges get away with whatever they do in covering up for the corruption of the government under a doctrine that they created themselves uh, of judicial immunity. 
Now, most people don't know anything about judicial immunity, but it's the doctrine that the judges uh, legislated for their own protection. And so I came to the conclusion that the problem with this country is a doctrine which the judges made for themselves called judicial immunity. I said, that's what we have to target. And um, I, being a Christian that I am, I, I prayed and I asked the Lord, I said, what can be done? The Lord had me uh, turn to my computer, and over a two-day period, I typed up what has now become known as the Jail for Judges Initiative. What I did was I used a combination of the uh, grand jury system and the initiative process to create a special grand jury system that did nothing but oversee the conduct of judges on questions that have already been presented to the to the judiciary. And this way, um, we didn't interfere with the judges or try to supersede their authority because one of the the basic qualification is you have to go to the courts and argue all the way to the state, through the state appellate process, to the state Supreme Court. And once they've made a decision uh, or decided not to rule on the matter, now it gives you a pass to go to the special grand jury that the initiative process itself creates. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw in the Constitution, uh, which I'm in California, set forth that uh, the um, initiative process, Article 2, Section 1, which uh, uh, speaks after this manner, it says all political power is inherent in the people. They have the right to alter them in their government whensoever they shall deem it necessary in the public good. I said, that's terrific. We have last and final say as to how uh, our government is to be run. And, of course, this is nothing new because it's written after the order of our Declaration of Independence that when uh, government shows a long train of abuses, it is our right and it is our duty to throw off such government provide other safeguards for our future security uh, that best fits that means. So um, I combine that process with a, a citizen special grand jury and uh, this grand jury, I have written it up so that uh, basically it's about as far from government as it can possibly be and gets right down to um, us, we the citizens, deciding uh, when and to what extent the powers of government is by through holding the judges um, accountable. Um, the theory here is, yes, You've 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 had uh, you've had um, a problem with judges. From what I understand, you had one judge who couldn't even make decisions on a case when, by law, they have to make a decision. And well, yeah, they... uh, that's been basically uh, my uh, point. I brought a suit in federal court, and I had 16 motions that accumulated over about a year, maybe a year and a half. And eventually, my 16th motion was a motion to hear the motions that were before the court. And uh, eventually, uh, this federal judge says, you want decisions? Okay. Deny, 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 deny. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, uh, the decision is there is no decision. 
Uh, that's right. They, they, um, so. One of the things that got me, one of the things that got me involved uh, specifically within Jail for Judges, is um, I bought a, set, a suit against the, the city of Los Angeles for thirteen million six hundred twenty thousand dollars. Uh, they defaulted with the uh, with the default clerk, and I petitioned the court for a prove up for a judgment of the court. And so we had a uh, we had a prove up hearing, which I presented my evidence, and uh, there was so much evidence uh, the judge had us over for another hearing. And of course, I guess he liked this because it gave the defendants of City of Los Angeles more opportunity to show up and defend. So I showed up about a month later on another prove up, and he submitted his matter for judgment. And under our Constitution, uh, a judge is required to render a, a final decision within 90 days or he loses his his uh, salary. Every well, judge in California is required to sign an, an oath that states that he has nothing pending and undetermined within his court in the last 90 days in order to get a paycheck. But uh, they just ignore that. But during that 90 days, what the judge decided to do, as you say, was kind of humorous, he decided not to decide. <laughs> now, that, that, that obviously is against the law in and of itself, right? Well, yes, because... Yeah, a judge is there to adjudicate, not to... Uh, you know, I mean, he, he could he could probably recuse himself from the case and ask for another judge to step in or something. Couldn't he do that? Well, let's put it this way. If he had a personal interest or conflict, uh, yes, he could. Mm-hmm. But whoever it is, once it's submitted, uh, the judge that would take the case would have to uh, review right. the evidence and uh, and make a decision within the 90 days, whatever's yeah. left of that 90 days. Uh-huh. So, see, our statute, default statute is called the Code Procedure uh, 585B. And it says uh, the judge shall hear the evidence and shall render judgment in plain favor in such amount as the evidence shows just. So he has to enter a judgment of some kind. But what he did was, uh, and this was a um, a, a judge that just decided that um, he wasn't going to render a decision. <laughs> he decided that he was going to remove the evidence from before him, which there's no... There's no uh, process uh, available to a judge to un- unring the bell. Mm-hmm. And so is, uh, is this he submitted a matter for judgment, and then he decided to unsubmit it. Hmm. And uh, the law says that he has to do it within 90 days. Well, that's quite convenient if um, if uh, if we could just do that with all kinds of actions. Let's say you rob a bank, and they go after you for criminal action. You, let's suppose you say, "Well, I decided to unrob it." <laughs> I mean, it's so it's so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Circum, circumvent the uh, the crime, circumvent the complaint, circumvent the whole thing. Um, uh, I I use the term. I said, um, you know, if a man was to rape a woman, uh, and he unsubmitted the evidence. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that that would be very interesting. That's almost like jumping in the time machine and uh, not having it done at all. But, now, I, I was reading, you know, I've been reading your website. I've been following you for a while, and uh, you know, I'm very happy that there are people out there such as yourself that are, you know, looking out for the people, trying to do the right thing. Judicial accountability is extremely important. Our our judicial system, if, if there is still one, um, you know, I know I, I have a lot of friends and other patriots and, and, and such, you know, in and out of courtrooms, filing motions and, you know, having lawsuits. Now, you, you started in Los Angeles, and you also have activity in the state of Florida as well. Is that right? Uh, we we were put on the ballot by uh, Bill Stedmeyer. He financed getting the signatures, and he got us on the ballot in the state of South Dakota. Oh, okay. And uh, as soon as that it was revealed that we had collected and turned in the signatures and qualified, all hell broke loose in the state of South Dakota. Hmm. I had the entire government, and when I say entire government, it's kind of unheard of. I had all three branches of government, that is, executive, uh, judicial, and and legislative, fighting with me. Hmm. Uh, the, The governor was against me. The state attorney general was against me. Uh, the judicial, the chief justice was against me. They brought in the cities and the counties, and then the, they turned the state capitol into a campaign office and passed a resolution condemning uh, the initiative that was being presented to the people using the people's money. <laughs> that's that's totally illegal and criminal. In fact, the criminal statutes forbid that. Mm-hmm. But they figured, hey, we're the government, we make the laws, so, you know, we'll decide whether we violate our own laws or not. Well, uh, yeah. Common sense, tells you, common sense tells you you cannot use the people's money to oppose a voting issue to which people are going to be voting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, a, and that's the accountability issue. Uh, people, politicians, judges, or whomever, who decide not to follow the laws and just make laws up as they go along and whatever works, and they take American citizens or even citizens from foreign lands and turn them into targets, uh, literally. And so, That's right. I mean, let me ask you a question. As a person also, you know, in the exposure game of exposing criminals and such, uh, not in the judicial system but in other areas, uh, have you fallen target to these people? I mean, have they come after you? Have you experienced any kind of stalking or harassment of any type? Uh, no, not personally. Uh, it's, it's just right now, of course, uh, they went after me for, and I'm not saying it's any, any connection to tune what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but um, I was uh, stopped and uh, uh, asked to produce a driver's license, and I produced what... Uh, what the last thing I have is represented a driver's license. They said this expired. Well, the reason it's been expired out of five years uh, outdated is because the state of California refuses to allow me to renew my driver's license. Well, I've had a driver's license. I, I've been driving safely, accident-free for for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. Now it's become a religious contemplation that unless I have a social security number, I cannot renew my driver's license. I see. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. They pay no attention to the question of what's what has Social Security got to do with driver's license. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are those of your listeners here uh, probably would know some of them. The Social Security card says on the face of it not to be used as, uh, for Social Security purposes only not uh, not for identification. Right. And what they've done is changed the use and negated the entire Social Security system because it's now the major source of all identification. Yes. Uh, is that where the real ID comes into play? Um, that's what they're trying to do now, right? Take that for yeah, workers. Here, here in California, and I'm sure throughout this country in many states, uh, um, if you don't have a Social Security number, you can't drive, you can't fly anywhere, you can't get, it, uh, you can't um, turn on uh, uh, utilities. Uh, really? You can't sell your labor. Uh, you, you're you're not allowed to marry. Then that's in the state vote. of California. That's in the state of California. Very interesting. You cannot vote. So you know, the question is: is if we can't vote, what rights do you have? Does this come under the not having a social security number and right. uh, considered pers- personal property of the government owned by corporations? Yeah, see, voting, you know, social security has nothing to do with voting. Right. And uh, if you don't have the right to petition for redress agreements, what rights do you have? Well, you could say, well, you can always go to court. Yeah, well, um, I've written up the jail for judges to deal with the problem, and the biggest problem I find is is people's ignorance because they still think they can do it themselves by some kind of a nifty argument in court or uh, they are petitioning to the Congress or to their state legislators. It's just never going to happen. Well, as people have already tried before, I'm sure they, you know, a lot of people on this radio show, and probably a lot of people still don't. I hear this all the time where someone says, well, I'm going to write my senator, I'm going to write my congressman, you know, and uh, they, they don't even get a response, let alone anything else. So it, it doesn't well, get... I, I, before, before I uh, got into jail for judges, there isn't a single door that I have not hit, uh, you know, with a per, petition for redress of uh, grievance. Uh, I've gone to the uh, county grand juries, to the prosecutor's office, to the, the uh, um, uh, all the way up to the state attorney general, to my state legislators. I've gone to uh, the, the the U.S. attorney, Department of Justice, even to the White House and to Congress itself, and um, my. My conclusion is, and I, I kind of get my point across with humor, uh, because I, I find that people, you know, might as well laugh at them, mock them in what they're doing. I tell people this. I said, in the halls of Congress, they have this special door for complaints against the judiciary. It's got a wide slot so you can slip in your uh, redress of grievance through the slot. Mm-hmm. And when you push it through the slot, you hear on the other side of the door, you hear this kind of a sound that goes, (laughs) 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 and then we say, well, when are we going to hear from our our petition about this judge or judges? 
they're violating the Constitution for uh, we want impeachment proceedings. Mm-hmm. They don't happen. In the entire history of our country, we only have about um, nine federal judges that have ever been impeached. And you, as we know, they uh, they retain their office on good behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Out of 200 have you, have you had judges years, removed from the bench? Pardon? Have you had judges removed from the bench? I don't even get a response. Uh, the uh, the what will happen? Yeah, um, out of two hundred years, over two hundred years now, we got an awful good group of judges up there because hardly any of them have ever been impeached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at face value. Yes. Yeah. Let me ask you how many how many federal officials have been impeached. I mean, uh, you can take off your your shoe and count your toes on. <laughs> I think Thomas Jefferson made it correct when he said that uh, impeachment is but a scarecrow. Uh, you know, that hardly will <laughs> provide any kind of a safety. Well, you know, what a scarecrow is in the cornfield. Yeah, crows land on it and do their job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. That you you've been doing this. You you have you have a a satellite or another office in Florida. Well, we have we have uh, operation uh, throughout the country. Some of them have vacated their leadership, but we have jailers throughout the country, all fifty states. Oh, you do. Okay. Now, uh, yeah. I went going to your website, which is uh, www. Uh, jails for judge, jails for judges, right? Is that right. jails dot com or dot org dot org? Now, it, 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 when I was reading that, it says Florida down there. Um, now, Florida, I, I would imagine there's more, there's some states more corrupt than others in this country. I mean, I've, I've seemed to find that case. Um, you know, and uh, I know California is probably one, and uh, Florida, New York. And Michigan, and I, I could name a few here that are probably worse than some of the others. But they all—they all have some seed of corruption in them, and some judicial, pro, some judiciary problem. I would say, is that correct? Well, I—I I kind of joshingly uh, kid with people that tell me which states are the most corrupt. I said, well, we're having a contest here. Um, which state has the most corrupt judiciary? So we'll throw your name in on on the list here, and uh, mm-hmm. and so we'll. We'll pick a winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take we'll take fifty cards, throw them up on the air, and see which ones land face up. Right, it's it's all the same stuff. Here's what I say: I said, uh, you know, it's just all the same, different size of the outhouse. Uh, some outhouses have um, in, have fifty holes, and some of them only have two. You know, I said, but you look down in the hole, and it's all the same stuff. We're just talking about the volume. Now, how do you how do you, how do you go about running one of your satellites? I mean, you know, one of your uh, offices out of the fifty states. I mean, you put to, you put together a grand jury, and that's a people's grand jury, correct? Yes. Okay. How do you do that? How is how is that done? How do people go? I mean, how, how what is that process like? Well, see, here's the thing. What we're trying to do is use the initiative process. Now, uh, this way, it comes directly from the people. Uh, essentially, there are uh, about 48 states, in the, excuse me, there are about uh, 
23 of the 50 states that are initiative states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we're trying to do is, is get the signatures, get the financial support to get the signatures, and get it on the ballot, and the people go to the polls and vote this in. It only takes uh, 50% plus one, and it passes and becomes an amendment to the state's constitution. Mm-hmm. And it creates a special grand jury. And all of the judges and all the officials swear by an oath to uphold and defend that constitution. So essentially, uh, it place, places all the power in the hands of the people. And we decide when and where principally the judges are going to be uh, um, held accountable. Essentially, 25 grand jurors, which are uh, drawn by lottery, serve uh, at any one time, and they rotate by um, uh, every month two are taken off and two more are put in. And uh, so we always keep 25. Since it's an odd number, on January we have three. But the constant role, and no one that served on the grand jury gets to serve again. It's only once in a lifetime they get to serve, and they serve for one year. And the cases that come before them are only the cases of which the people have argued their case already, pro and con, through the court system. Now they bring it to the, the special grand jury. The grand jury can only decide on... Two questions. A, did the judge violate the law or the Constitution, the principle urged, black and white law, and did he do it willfully? So it becomes the burden is on the person bringing the action or bringing the cause before the grand jury to establish that they've informed the judge of the law or the constitutional principle so that they can, they can point out that the judge was not just ignorant. We don't want to go after judges for making mistakes. We have to establish and prove that they were informed, and when they made the decision, it was a willful violation of the statute or the law or constitutional principle urge. If they find those two, they strip the judge of his judicial immunity, and then he can be sued like any other person. He can't argue that he's a judge covered by judicial immunity. Um, also, the special grand jury can review the matter and, and determine whether there's criminal conduct involved. And if they find there's criminal conduct, they can indict him, and they set, they assign their own special prosecutor, and the prosecutor um, proceeds in a criminal trial before a trial jury, a pettit jury, and the judge um, has to put on his defense after all of the standard criminal processes within the state. So, uh, now, how many states are there actually that have these types of grand juries now? How many... Uh, how many... Yeah how many, have initiatives, them? yeah, how many initiative states are there? I mean, um, you know... Have, there, there, is, there is approximately two less than half. Mm-hmm. So, if you figure 50 states, 25 minus 2, you're looking at about 23. Although some of the states, uh, their initiative process is a little skewed. Um, a couple of them state that the people have the right 
to make initiatives on statutes, but they can't amend their constitution, which um, I disagree with, but that's what their law says. Uh, the people are supposed to be paramount, total, and the last resort, um, and we have to deal with it later. The point I would make is if we can win in any true initiative state where the people are absolute and they can make amendments to the Constitution, if we win anywhere in this country, we won this entire country. Uh, the reason I say that is because probably more than 95% of all the laws throughout this country are unconstitutional. And one thing I like to mention is uh, as an example, prime example, uh, Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution says, no state shall make anything other than gold and silver coin and timber being a debt. Well, uh, we get tax bills here in California, and you have to pay that tax bill. But the question raised under the Constitution, if jail for judges was in place, would be to ask, what thing are you demanding payment in? What they will tell you is uh, we'll take checks, money orders, or uh, cash. But they can't tell you what thing you're demanding payment in. Because we're not talking about what they'll take. We're talking about what are they demanding. If they can't tell you what you're paying in, there's no way to pay it. What would happen would be like the health bill when all these states are bringing actions to their state attorney general against the uh, Obama health bill. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that happen, up. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, what would happen would be the state legislature would be forced to order their state attorney general to bring out a, a lawsuit on behalf of the state to produce gold and silver coin as required under the Constitution. And uh, the Constitution further set forth that Congress shall coin money and regulate the value thereof. And we have a U.S. Coinage Act of uh, uh, 1792 that sets forth and established what a dollar is. And so uh, the Congress would be sued for failure to perform their duty under the Constitution to provide for the state. Now, uh, obviously, it's not possible to run this country with 49 states running on paper and one state having to abide by the Constitution that says they can't run a state or anything other but gold and silver coin. So it would wreck the whole system. A win win for one is a win for all. Right. Okay. So it's a, so your prediction is if one state wins this, it's going to oh, yeah, be it's all a domino effect? Yeah. Oh, yes. It's, a, it's, it's, it's like, like I say... How many holes do you need to put in a tire, a brand-new tire, before it goes flat? Mm-hmm. One. Well, it doesn't matter how big a range is. Today, I don't know. It doesn't take any votes to, to, to pass a health care bill. You know? <laughs> well, see, that, that brings up, first off, uh, the federal government is a, is a government of limited uh, authority. If the Constitution doesn't set it forth, they don't have it. So, uh, as has been pointed out, the burden is on Congress in this circumstance to establish where in the federal Constitution it's set forth that Congress can uh, 
can govern health care benefits for the private individual. Sure. It's amazing. How how can you charge somebody that can't afford health care in the first place and find them when uh, they don't Yeah. Them? It reminds me of uh, the illustration Christ said, if the blind leave the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. Uh, if if people cannot afford health care, the remedy is, this is laughable, we pass a law and require them to buy health insurance. Or if they don't buy health insurance, we're going to fine them. And if they don't pay the fine, they're going to jail them. Uh, yeah, and who's going to finance uh, these people in jail? Yeah, we are. Whoever's left out here, I mean, if they don't lock us all up. And, and well, see, see you got, you, what's happening is the uh, everything's getting topsy-turvy. It's a pyramid that's standing on its point, mm-hmm. <laughs> Up, upside down. <laughs> well, uh, it, we're headed for an economic collapse. Uh, one of the things I point out, and excuse the fact that it sounds it sounds self-serving, but it is the truth. Until this nation passes a jail for judges, it's doomed. It's it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, they're always going to they're always going to put up some kind of front or or you know initiative. Unfortunately, patriots don't seems like the patriots don't understand what I'm saying, so they're doomed to their own demise. They complain and yell and scream about, how can they do this? Well, they can do it because you have no redress or grievance. The, the most basic of all redress is to be able to go on your own behalf, not with an organization or a movement, mm-hmm. and, and uh, argue the law, the Constitution, and have the law applied. But see, the law doesn't have any application if indeed you can't enforce it. And that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, until we have judicial accountability, we're on our own. We're like um, I I make an analogy about the uh, a ship captain who uh, announces over the intercom after a uh, tsunami rolls a ship and it comes up right, and the captain says, "This is your captain speaking." Says I I have uh, some good news and some bad news. The bad news is all of our communications uh, uh, outside world has been uh, cut off and uh, our our compass has been destroyed. But the good news is we got a tailwind right behind us and we're making real good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it's absolutely amazing that, you know, people out there such as yourself and other knowledgeable people who know the law, they know the process, they know how to file papers, they know how to handle the judicial system. And they, you know, you're facing walls, you're facing this corruption. Uh, and do, do you think that this is the step that, you know, people talk about with the one world global government and all this of, of literally, uh, you know, some people say Obama is um, a socialist and they're trying to change America into something else, and do you do you find that that to be the case uh, when, when you're in the courtroom and you see what the heck's going on with these judges and uh, you know and talking to these politicians and such? Uh, there is no doubt about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, some various people have various reasons or various understanding, but the overall is we're headed for a, a new world order, mm-hmm. and as they have said, we will ha- we will have a new world order either by uh, uh, acceptance or by conquest. Mm 
of we will have a new world order. Mm-hmm. The fact is, until we have jail for justice passed, there's no chance of escaping the implications of this new world order. If right. jail, jail for judges would pass, it would punch a big hole. Like I said, how many holes in a brand new tire do you need for it to go 100% flat? Mm-hmm. Right. Only one. Jail would punch that hole in the new world order, and essentially, um, if if we won in one state, we'd win in all 50 states. If we won in America, the New World Order fails because America wouldn't go along with the New World Order. Uh, right. It would fail because they have to have all all countries involved, and particularly the United States, in order for it to come to pass. But the problem is people don't understand what I'm saying, uh, and it's evidenced by their support of this cause. Jail for judges only gets about $2 a day, uh, which doesn't even pay for the electricity to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. Of course not. So that shows you. Most people that shows you. Yeah, I know what you mean. That you shows you how earnest they are about changing this country and, and combating the new world order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I refer to it like trimming the the tree of evil, and what I'm doing is trying to get people recruited to chop out the roots of the tree of evil. Well, Ron, I really hope that we can get more people involved with Jails for Judges. I I, I know it's a very important organization. Uh, You know, as as I said before, you know, there are advocates out there handling things in different ways, obviously some of them incorrect. Uh, I I definitely feel that Jails for Judges is a viable and a very important organization because we need to fight them at their own game in our own courtrooms before it's too late. Um, that, that's what I thought. I, you know, I, I think we need to bring them down and bring them to justice because there are a lot of criminals and traitors within our government and within our society that uh, walk with this immunity, you know, which is umbrellaed by the New World Order and its corruption. I, I, I can see that happening. Now, could you tell for the listening audience how any, anyone can get involved with Jails for Judges? How do they go about doing that? Well, uh, what they first need to do, essentially what we need financial support. Obviously, we got to get the signatures. To get the signatures, we have to, to hire professionals to get out there and acquire these signatures enough to get it on the ballot. So if they want to support Gail for judges, I'll give you the address. Okay, please do. The address is right to jail, which is J-A-I-L, series in between, P.O. Box 207, North Hollywood, California, 91603. Um, we need, we need uh, substantial support to even get this thing started. Now, even if we don't consider California, but we decide that some other state. In South Dakota, for instance, uh, Bill Stedmeyer, one man, came up with $130,000 and we got acquired the signature. When we got this on the ballot, we caused the government to spend millions of dollars trying to shut us down. Mm-hmm. And the state of South Dakota brought in the oil companies, the banks, and the uh, nation in insurance industry to try to stop us. They so propagandized everybody. Keep corruption going. 
They propagandized everybody and reversed exactly what I was arguing. I'm a large, I mean, I'm a strong supporter and have been uh, of the grand jury system. I believe in the power of the people. But believe it or not, they propagandized the people and with the message that I was against the jury system, that I was out to empty the the prisons in South Dakota so they could go after the jurors that convicted them and put them in prison. Now, that's the message they sold to them, and the people bought it. When we first started, got this on the ballot, the polls showed us 67% to 19. It was a landslide. When the election took place after the propaganda, it was 11% voted for it, 89% voted against it. So it's a matter of, it's a spiritual question. Do we believe the government? Do we believe the lie? We're told in the scriptures that Satan is the father of lies and people just believe the lie. So they can't, they will never enjoy freedom if indeed they choose to believe the lie. Well, I think a lot of people are believing what they're hearing out there and not using their thought processes and what's really going on. Uh, you know, it's just amazing to me watching, uh, and I don't watch a lot of TV, but, you know, during this whole health care uh, debacle, uh, you know, I, I unfortunately had to watch some of this, this this nonsense from some of the people hawking how good this health care bill is. And, you know, a lot of people obviously were, uh, making money on it, the, you know the backdoor deals and all this other kind of stuff. So, uh, from what I'm getting, from what I'm getting here, from what you're saying about what took place in the Dakotas, uh, this this is corruption, and these people will stop at nothing to keep it in place. They don't want judicial accountability, and uh, so it, it 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 can become a dangerous game. Now, for the average person, Ron, uh, you know, obviously they can afford a few bucks. I don't know how many hundred thousand dollar people there are out there to donate. I'm sure there's a few, but uh, how, how does somebody want who doesn't really know anything get involved? You understand? I mean, you know, uh, is there someone to direct them? Will you direct them on how to go about forming the initiative in in that state that they're in, or or whatever? I mean, you know. Well, it, here's it, the thing: if there's any any money, and of course I will give deference to uh, the donor. Let's say let's say in the state of uh, Ohio, I'll just pull one. Uh, so there's a donor or donors that said, we want to get the state of Ohio going, then I will give the special attention to uh, my leader there, or if he's unwilling to do that, I'll get someone else there to, to lead that cause, and we'll invest that money and put it on the ballot in the state of Ohio. The people go to the polls, and hopefully they got enough sense to vote for it. And if um, if they vote this thing in, this new world order is done for. Remember, here's the thing. We know the end of the world is coming one way or the other. We're talking about the preservation of our country. Can we preserve our country and our freedoms a little longer? Uh, God has called me as the Noah to this age. As Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Um, I am I am here at the behest of the Lord to point out the coming judgment and the means by which they can escape the judgment. Um, 
Now, we still know the end of the world is coming, but the thing is, that can we prolong or put off the judgment or the doom of this nation? That's the question. I'm not talking about uh, jail for judges of being away to heaven or eternal life or anything like that. I have constantly put in our, all of our emails that jail is the answer. And I've had a, uh, a debate with somebody who said, jail is not the answer uh, Jesus is. And I said, yes, if we're talking about going to heaven. But we're not talking about going to heaven. We're talking about the preservation of the, and security of this nation now, here, while our feet are still on the ground. Um, if the people want to fight for truth and justice, they're going to have to see me. I know that sounds a little arrogant, maybe, but... <laughs> well, hey, it, 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 uh, to me, it, it, it is and it's not. And the only thing, the reason why I say that is because I hope many people out there are still supporting the Second Amendment rights because I think that these criminals only respect that. Um, you know, I hope they do respect the court actions and those initiatives as well. But, you know, it, it's almost coming down to, to you know, uh, will we knock on this person's door because we know they're armed and, and that they can defend themselves or, you know, that type of activity? Please, let me point out, let me respond to that. Uh, revolution is the ultimate bottom grounds of the lack of a remedy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if there's no remedy, we will come to a revolution. The revolution is not the answer. Revolution is a result of the lack of an answer. Sure. I'm talking absolutely. about how we can how we can save our country, not how uh, we can. Um, well, in order, to, in order to do this, in order to do this on um, a, a large scale, we have to make sure that the people who are doing it, uh, if they become targeted, they need to have a, a, a little bit of protection. Now, I agree with you. Let me let me address that question, okay? The jail for judges has a provision on it that um, when the grand jury makes a finding, uh, we give the, the sheriffs the opportunity to enforce the finding of the grand jury. Mm -hmm. If the sheriff does not enforce the finding of the grand jury, then there's a provision in there <laughs> that says no person enforcing the strict findings of the grand jury can be held liable civilly, criminally, or in contempt. Now, that means that you and your listeners out there can take whatever arms and go and enforce the findings of the grand jury. Mm -hmm. and anybody gets in the way, we tell them to, to stand aside or they will also be arrested. Mm -hmm. We can use whatever power is necessary to bring it to pass. We've got the law on our side because... We can't be held liable in any, in any circumstances unless we act outside of the finding of the special grand jury. So uh, what you're talking about, jail makes that provision for. And the good thing about it is we are following the constitutional mandate and we get to enforce it. Okay, now, if we just go with the Second Amendment, of course we say we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore and we lock and load. I'm going to just want to go out there and um, do whatever we deem in our heart is necessary. We're talking about somebody who has been duly put on trial, duly convicted, and is duly removed. And uh, if the sheriff doesn't want to enforce the law, 
we tell him to step aside or he's going to be um, uh, a casualty one way or the other. Well, well, okay, now you want to use a grand jury indictment to enforce the laws and if the people who are charged with that and who violate their constitution, uh, their sworn oath, uh, then, of course, the grand jury has to do that in whatever type of situation uh, needs to be done to make sure that that um, indictment is carried out or enforced. So, Yeah, so you have to realize that jail for judges does apply the Second Amendment, but mm-hmm. it does it after a due process, not mm-hmm. by random uh, what's called a consternation or, or mm-hmm. a frustration. Right. We're talking about somebody who is who has been tried and found guilty and is uh is culpable. And we're forcing we're forcing the law against that judge or whoever um uh you know gets in the way of carrying that out. You have to understand that we only have to control one aspect in government and we control the whole thing if what we're going after is essential. We have three branches of government. If we the people control the judges, we control all the government because you can always bring any any uh, any person or entity in before the judges. It's the judges that are coming for all of the corruption in government. But the problem is the judges, um, when you go against the judges, you're, they're held accountable only to other judges who are also likewise protected by judicial immunity. Therefore, until we control judicial immunity, uh, we we can't control anything. Uh, I'll use an illustration of our water system. Put me in charge, charge of the water, and I get to decide who gets any water in this in the world. I control the world because everybody needs to have water, and if they want water, they got to see me. I. I uh, I would control the the whole world just by controlling the water. Sure, they're trying to do that with water. food too. <laughs> they're trying yeah. to do that with our food sources as well. Yes. So so you have to understand it's absolutely essential that this nation and other nations. And I'm only speaking English. I'm an English speaker, but I do know that if we win America, we will win other countries throughout the world. And we will uh, a win. A win in any state is a win for the whole world. Uh-huh. I don't care if they speak Chinese. The Chinese will can't deal with the idea. America is running by by um, by accountability. <laughs> I, I I control the judiciary. I control all of the government. I control all the government. I control the nation. I control the nation. I control the world. Sure, it's a, that that is a trickle down effect for this country. It really is. Yeah, uh, it's sort of like without, without again, that, we have nothing. Yeah, it's sort of like having control of the windpipe. If you can squeeze the windpipe, you got everybody's going to bargain with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, again, so, I, I would like to answer uh, again your question just for review. Those who want, are serious about jail for judges and about turning this country around, you'll need to financially support us. It's not enough just to write us and say, I'm behind you, we support you, et cetera, et cetera. we got to have uh, the way we defeat the Federal Reserve is using Federal Reserve notes at the beginning. 
you need to send some of those Federal Reserve notes by whatever means you can. It can be by check or money order or whatever. Uh, send it to jail, J-A-I-L, P.O. Box 207, North Hollywood, California, 91603. Okay. Well, that, that's good information. I hope people write that down and uh, donate uh, to Ron Branson and Jails for Judges. We have a lady on our show. Uh, she's our co-host. Uh, her name is Marion Snyder. She also runs and organized crime today another show she's on the air welcome to the show Miriam. hi there thank you for having me boy what oh, i had no. to go through to get in here wow they, oh they... yeah i apologize it's so hard sometimes to call in i was having uh earlier technical problems just starting the show did you want did you have some questions uh for mr branson uh, yes. Hi, Mr. Branson. I'd like to uh, commend you on uh, your initiative with uh, Jail for Judges. I've uh, been following you for quite some time. I'm in New York, and I, I've just seen the uh, epitome of uh, judicial corruption, and, and it's just really a, a sickening uh, situation because it impacts all of society, in fact. you know. And when the crimes come from the top, it really, I mean, it just literally destroys. Uh, it's a major p component of the New World Order plan. But I have some uh, questions for you. Um, okay. Now, with jail for judges, the process, uh, is this a process for jailing judges is what you're advocating for corrupted judges? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not too clear what exactly is your mission statement uh, for jail for judges. Is, is this to put corrupt judges in jail? Uh, well, no, it's, it's actually for justice. We are, we are concerned in justice, whatever it takes for justice. Now your question uh, presupposes, uh, is this objective to put judges in jail? Jail is judges. an acronym. Jail is an acronym. It stands for Judicial Accountability Initiative Law. And we're not talking about steel bars. But okay. to answer your question on uh, if you was put to uh, ask, can this put judges in jail, a physical jail? Yes, it can. The reason is, is because this special grand jury, there's two ways that criminal matters can come before it. On the criminal side, which I haven't talked about, is uh, let's say you know of a judge who has committed some kind of a criminal act, which is a violation of some criminal statute. You can go to the prosecutor in your state, whoever it is that would prosecute or assign to prosecute the judge, and file a complaint. The judge now, if, has, they deny uh, this, if they deny the complaint, because that's exactly what's going on with me. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to answer that now. Okay, you go to the prosecutor. Uh, in this country, in, in, in California, you go to the district attorney's office. It gives the district attorney's office um, 120 days to begin prosecution. If you haven't begun it within 120 days, it's presumed that he is not going to prosecute. So we have to do this to give him the chance to act because he's got the, the authority to do it. Okay, what? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me just stop. From, what initiates the process? Because I I thought what initiated the process was bringing the complaint to the DA's office, and what they did was they blocked that. Right. Well, you have to. Here's what you have to do. You have to bring the complaint 
uh, to satisfy the Fourth Amendment, uh, you have to bring a a, a a complaint that has the oath or affirmation supporting probable cause against the judge stating the particulars. Uh, it's got to be sufficient for which the prosecutor can act upon. Now, we give the prosecutor a space of time to begin the prosecution. We have to do this for due process because that's the way our system says. After the 120 days and he done, and, and nothing has happened, now you can take a copy of that same complaint that you filed with the prosecutor and file it with the special grand jury created by jail. Now they will take a look at it and they will determine whether there's probable cause for an indictment. If they find that there is, you know, all you need is 13 out of 25 to uh, agree that the judge has committed a, uh, you know, there's probable cause that he has committed a crime. If they find that there's probable cause for the commission of a crime, then they turn it over to their own hired special prosecutor. And the special prosecutor takes that that affidavit, and by the way, they they can investigate further and find out further evidence of the crime uh, beyond the affidavit independently. They have the right to interrogate or whatever uh, or send their investigators to establish uh, uh, the truthfulness of the affidavit and or further evidence of criminal activity. Uh, so now, are you speaking of a hypothetical situation or this is actually in place? I'm, I'm saying once... I'm saying this is the way it will be once jail becomes operable. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Jail is not operable in any of the 50 states right now. Once jail becomes operable, the special prosecutor will take and prosecute the judge in front of a petted grand jury, which is just like we have any standard grand jury that goes in any criminal matter. Well, that, that uh, sounds wonderful. What is needed for jail to become operable outside of fu- uh, funding? Because funding is, is understood. What other thing uh, do you need? Do you need petitions signed by people? Uh, what What does it take to get jail operating across the nation? Okay. In the, in the initiative states, every state has their own call, uh, prerequisite for the passing of a of initiative. It'll state how many signatures have to be gathered in what time limit, and where they have to be submitted to. And and if it qualifies for that, it goes on the ballot in that state. Every state has uh, a different standard for uh, qualifying. Is that the guy in Rochester, Brady, I think? That, is he the one handling it here? Well, in unfortunately, you are in New York, right? Right. New York is not one of the initiative states. Wow. Now, mm-hmm. what you have to do is, here's, here's my recommendation. <clears throat> the only thing you can do in New York is petition to your state legislators that you want them to put this on the ballot for the people to vote on. But you're depending upon these legislators to place it on the ballot. I recommend that the people in New York, if they want to keep it near to them, uh, they, they would... Um, support a, a uh, state maybe like Maine or um, uh, I think South, South Carolina, someplace like that, to get it on the ballot there. 
if we if we get this, you know, if the New Yorkers would finance it in another state, New York will win the benefit. New Yorkers will win the benefit of the passage anywhere. Now, California is quite extensive. We have we have to gather seven hundred thousand signatures just to round it off in order to qualify. Uh, other states now in South Dakota, we only needed thirty three thousand. So you can see the difference there. That's why it only took um, uh, we we had to spend one hundred thirty thousand, but we paid uh, we paid about two and a half dollars uh, for every signature. Here in California, it's a little cheaper because it's a competitive enterprise getting the signatures to put uh, initiatives on the ballot. But in in New York, where you are, there is no initiative process. You're stuck with... Um, wow. So the the guy you had in New York is no longer working here? Uh, well, with, no, with that's not true. The, the, the guy in New York is... Uh, we've got a change of hands, but he's been at this for some time. Right. I, I, cause, because and, there was, his name is Patrick. Uh, wasn't Patrick. there a Brady, a Brady, B-R-A-D-Y, at one point from Rochester, New York? Well, it's by like trying knowledge that's still true. Patrick Brady, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, another question I have, judicial, uh, public official bonds. Uh, I've been informed that, and I have the, the literature too, uh, file, two or more complaints on a judge's bond will take him right out. He, once you can't be bonded, uh, it's, uh, the, the corruption stops. Uh, let me tell you, let me respond on that. Uh, no, the corruption is just beginning. If you file an action uh, on a judge's bond, I can tell you that it'll go in front of another judge, and that will be the first thing that will be dismissed summarily. As soon as you hit the court and you show up, the judge will say, uh, this judge has immunity, and you're not permitted to sue him. No, and not the through the court. And, not, and the bonding I'm, I'm company not, is... I'm talking directly at the bond, to the uh, filing complaints uh, with the bonding company. Oh, I, I sued a bonding company, and that uh, and I went into court, and that's what the judge did. The first thing he did was he dismissed the bonding company so they couldn't sue. There's no remedy I have not tried. <laughs> wow, so you already, you sued the bonding company? I sued the bonding company. That's the first one they dismissed. First time I showed up in court, that's what they did. They dismissed the bonding company. The reason being is because since these judges have absolute immunity, they can do anything. It doesn't matter. But it, it, so you it, say, it, hey, I sued your it, bond, it, you can't operate. Do you think these judges care? They don't. It, it undermines yeah. what the bonding, uh, public official bonding was created for. That's correct. But, hey, they're in control, so what, uh, what difference does that make? What are, you going to do? what are you going to do if they dismiss the bonding company? Um, mm, there's some people looking at going through uh, private ways to uh, file the complaint on the bond. I'm going to tell you, now, now, here's the thing. People need to learn from somebody experienced. And I'm telling them, and I, and, I, and I know very well what I'm talking about. I'm very adamant. I've talked with some of the best of people. I tell them what's going to happen, and I can tell you that I think my track record is about 100%. Uh, it's not going to happen. 
Mm. And you've tried you've tried leaning the bond too. I can tell you that that if they try anything other than jail for judges, they're going to eventually come to the point uh, that they have to come back and say, Ron, you were correct. So I can't convince people who are convinced otherwise. You can't save people from their own ignorance. I can only tell them what the truth is, and from experience I'll tell them, um, you know, I can save them. You can only tell them your experience, right. I, I can only tell them. What you what they're going to experience when they try what they their ideas. So you know I I, I right, no, but some people are having success in New York, pro se, even in the court. So I mean, you know, you can share your experience, but you can't say that you know there's there's no way that this is that anything's going to work because I, I'm just, I'm getting emails uh, where people. Well, let me just say, pro se people. Uh, which is an amazement to me because I've never seen it particularly in New York where they're actually winning in court uh, regarding the fraud with the mortgages. So, I mean, there is hope. I mean, I understand what you're saying because I've I've seen almost everything not work, but I do believe a new day is coming. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, There's only what you call marginal wins. But the fact is, corruption is reigning in this nation, and it will continue to reign until we hold these judges accountable over their protection of judicial immunity. If indeed you could go to court and you could win and conquer over judicial immunity, we would have already won and turned this country around. I have brought so many suits against government, I would have won this whole country. But since it doesn't honor law and it doesn't mean anything to them, it doesn't matter how just your case is, they're not going to allow you to win. No, that's I true understand. They have to, no, they I have understand to blow that. your house up and blow you away. I, I understand I just, that. Now, these guys that talk about they win this little scrimmage or that little scrimmage, you know what, you know, hey, when you're under attack, take whatever measure you can. I, You know, shoot back. I, I'm dealing with a traffic matter. I'm I'm taking them on. Uh, am I going to win the system? No, it's not going to happen that way. But I am posing a way we can win the system. Hey, suppose I win my traffic matter and point prove that I was uh, arrested illegally and thrown in jail uh, against the law. Have I changed this country or this state? Absolutely not. Even if I win a judgment and they pay me off some money. I still will not. The reason you, you why still, right, nothing our, has significantly changed. I understand that. Okay, glad. I I'm after I'm after going for the juggler thing. That is cutting cutting them off at the shoulder level. We're going to go to a small break and we'll be right back. Okay, please stay on the line. This is Freedom Fighters for America World Radio at www.freedomfightersforamerica.com. We're interviewing. Mr. Ron Branson from Jails for Judges, and we'll be right back. I'm sorry. 
USA. This is Freedom Fighters for America World Radio www.freedomfightersforamerica.com and we're on tonight with Mr. Ron Branson from Jails for Judges. Ron? Yes. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, we had to go on a short break there and uh, we have with us tonight also Ms. Miriam Snyder from N Organized Crime Today and we want to welcome her back on the show. She's very active out here. Uh, she does a lot of things, uh, you know, to help people. She runs her own uh, radio call. So welcome back again, Miriam. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I was uh, just, um, uh, as I study the um, uh, judicial process, I'm, I'm listening carefully because I'm sure uh, Mr. Bronson, Bronson has a, a lot of experience here. I wanted to ask you, too, what types of retaliation uh, have you experienced um, since uh, being so active in these uh, uh, in this judicial tyranny, uh, you know, d- d- uh, movement trying to stop this judicial tyranny movement? What, what basically what? The, the only opposition I get is when I go into their court to fight in the court, they always can you. 
you lose no matter what. You're playing with a two-headed coin. You know, uh, heads they win, tails you lose. Uh, you will never win in their forum, except now I will state the exceptions here. If they're spending money going after you and it doesn't really cost them a whole lot to drop the matter, I hear Patriots say, I won, I won. Well, what did you win? Well, they dismissed the case against me. No, you didn't win. You just survived. You can never win in a defensive posture. The only way you can win is when you're the plaintiff and they're the defendant. Uh, I make the analogy to uh, two little mountains uh, separated between, you know, where two people have guns and one takes his uh, eight-round clock um, and fires at you and you jump from dive and and, and uh, he expends all eight rounds and his hammer locks back. Did you win? Absolutely not. You just survived. He didn't hit you. Now, if you shoot back and you, and you shoot back and you hit him, now you've won. Well, so all of these things that Patriots talk about winning are not really wins. They just mean they survive. Right. That that that's understandable. Now, I just find it amazing because most whistleblowers and uh, judicial uh, advocates for you know judicial accountability have been uh, inflicted with electromagnetic weapons, uh, uh, weaponry. Um, uh, po- food poisonings, um, I mean, just some horrific things. None of this has happened to you? None of this has happened to me, no. Uh, wow. Like I say, right now, they've gone after me for driving without a social security number, and I, I was sentenced to five days in jail. But because they're so overcrowded, they, um, I was only in there two days before they let me out. I still only had the social security number. And uh, the fact is, is they, it, it's a religious issue. They want me to have a Social Security number. But, uh, you know, uh, they've had their fun with me. Now it's my turn to have the fun with them by suing them and let the courts decide, can they force a person to get a Social Security number in order to drive? That's, uh, that's basically what I'm in the line for presenting here in the state of California. I I was looking at your website, and according to the budget uh, deficits and and, and the process, the judicial system is slowing down because of lack of funding. Uh, Is that that something that is a deliberate slowdown for the justice system, do you think? No, I think that the tyranny, we've got to remember that tyranny is expensive. In order to tyrannize all the public, they take, it takes a lot of money. And these tyrants got to be paid well. We're paying our judges, local judges here, a greater salary than the chief justice that sits on the United States Supreme Court. Because we, uh, what they do is they get a full-time salary from the state, and then the county pitches in and gives them another $46,000 on top of that. So um, it's kind of a bribery to win all the cases in favor of the county of Los Angeles. So, therefore, what's happening is our local first-level judges used to have municipal court judges, but they have, they have been promoted all to uh, superior court judges. There are no municipal courts anymore. They're all superior. question right. is, superior to what? And these so superior so court judges what they've here, done is they've condensed the judges, and they probably have kept the judges that they know will adjudicate in, in a manner that's acceptable to these criminals, I would think. 
But also, if they're looking, I mean, this was my question, if they're looking to save money, why would they want to keep people in jail longer? It would certainly cost more money to keep people in jail longer uh, than it would to have a couple extra judges on the bench, wouldn't it? Well, what's happening is, see, we have uh, we have a record number of people within the confinements of our prisons. A federal judge has ordered the state of California to reduce its population by 40,000 prisoners. Mm-hmm. The state of California has been reluctant to do that, and they give the impression that if we let all these criminals out, we're going to have all this crime. The fact is, the Tyranny has designed its own seeds, seeds of its own destruction because you cannot permanently finance tyranny. It always comes to the point that they run out of money. So uh, they're now trying to appease the federal court by letting some of these criminals go uh, out of the prisons. In the meantime, they keep throwing people in uh, behind bars because, hey, they have to punish these people for their wrongdoing. So we have we have a gentleman out here by the name of um, uh, Attorney Richard Fine. Richard Fine brought a lawsuit against the county of Los Angeles on this bribery issue. Mm-hmm. And the Superior Court judge, who himself is receiving the bribe, said, oh, this is, this is silly, and he dismissed the case. And he appealed to the appellate court and the appellate court ruled in his favor and said, uh, Mr. Fine is correct. Uh, the Constitution says that only the legislature can pay these judges. That There's nothing from the county, and what they're doing is unconstitutional. So he won his case. Mm-hmm. But this placed all the judges in Southern California in a bind because for almost um, 15 years they've been receiving this illegal, unconstitutional bribe money and it makes them into a criminal because they have um, uh, appropriated misuse of funds when they knew they weren't entitled to it. And they sent up, the, the, the judges sent up legislative lobbyists into uh, the state capitol here in California to lobby these oh. assembly people when California was in the straits of trying to figure out how to balance the budget. They were staying up late all night, falling asleep on the desk, loading at hours of midnight, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, just to try to come up with a budget. Well, these judges came in with a special legislation, which is illegal, and they they passed this thing within hours that said, retroactive, these judges not only get to keep the money that they have um, they have appropriated for the last uh, 15 plus years, but uh, we are going to give them immunity from liability for the wrongdoing. So uh, essentially, the legislature said, uh, see, the U.S. Constitution says you can't make any laws retroactive. Well, they violated the retroactive provision, made it retroactive, gave the judges immunity, and said they can not only get to keep the money they've gotten for bribe, but they can continue to receive the bribe money. So consequently, uh, there's only about two cases in the last 15 years where the county lost as a, either a defendant or a plaintiff. Interesting. 
so they cover up their own and um Oh yeah. Oh hey, let me add here this 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 is the cherry on the on the cake here. What happened to Richard Fine? He so embarrassed the whole judicial system here in Southern California. Guess what they did with him? They threw him in jail, didn't they? They threw him in jail. And he's right now down there at Men's County Central Jail. He's still um, in there? He's not out? No, he's in there. He's there indefinitely. Man. <laughs> He'll probably be in there till he dies. There was one guy who was in there for 14 years. Well, I don't think it was here, but in one, it was under what they call contempt charges. They wanted, they wanted the person to um, do a certain act, and he refused to do so. They kept him in there 14 years before he was finally released. Now, uh, Richard Fine has been there for over a year now, and he's up in age. He will probably die in there. He'll probably cart his carcass out before he ever gets out of there. So um, his crime crime was embarrassing all the judges in Southern California. And no one can get him out? Well, what are you going to do, break in and and get get an escape plan? Well, did he file a writ of habeas? He must have filed a writ of habeas court. Oh, absolutely. Hey, he's done everything. He's 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 gone all the way to the United States Supreme Court, but nobody will do anything. This is How the about the I'm ACLU? This is this is the point I'm making. Yeah, I've been to the ACLU. I'm telling you that there's nothing it can be done unless you figure that people will rise up and and take physical action. What are you going to do? Go to war against the. Um, uh, the county of Los Angeles and uh, the the jail system springing from the jail. They have to have judicial accountability. Judicial accountability will get him out of there. But people don't understand. Uh, back to that point. The corruption uh, is... Well, no, exposure and education is critical. Uh, many people, I believe, simply don't know any better. Well, I'm here to inform them so that they do know better. Now, if anybody wants to argue with me on my knowledge, hey, I would consider myself an expert when I talk about my experience and knowledge. I know what goes on. So, you know, if you want to save, if any movement out there wants to save themselves a headache, the money, and time, get them in touch with me and hopefully they'll listen. I've been saying this for 15 years myself in jail for judges. But, hey, you know, hey, I have to eat with the homeless people because, they don't even give me the money to support myself with the food. Mm-hmm. Right. They won't allow you. They, got their, they don't they got want, their own they ideas. Want you to have money. So have you, you had any any success in terms of uh, judicial removals, uh, investigation, something? Who are you going to present it to, another judge? I think the problem is... Exactly. Well, but remember, that's the purpose of the just, three branches of government. I mean, if one branch is... <laughs> I I have been everywhere. Believe me, I've been everywhere. I've been. We have we have um, eighty uh, assemblymen in the in the state of California. I have been to every office in Sacramento. So this is a total takeover. Uh, yes, it's a, you have to realize it's just like I said in South Dakota. All three branches and all both parties. The, the senators, the Republicans, the Democrats uh, in the assembly, I had all of them 100% against me. That's the same thing 
basically uh, you're at war with the government, and until we assume control, you've got to do it either by anarchy or peaceably by um, initiative process. Mm-hmm. I think this is something that Ron Paul was even trying to state at one point where, uh, you know, the, the system needs to change within the government as well. Uh, obviously, I think you're right in that the judiciary better better be uh, uh, better be straightened out before because we won't have anything if we don't do that. But let uh, me let me let me point out something here. During this lax election in which we we quote quote unquote elected uh, Barack Obama to office as president, we collected up uh, something like uh, eleven million dollars to change the presidency. The fact is, and I've been screaming, you're not going to win by going after the presidency. Because I don't care who gets to be president. I don't care whether the Republican Party uh, is in is in charge of the Democrat. My point is, and I'll use the illustration here, when it comes to a, a yardstick, how many inches are in the yardstick? Mm-hmm. Right. That's a question. I'm asking a question for an answer. How many inches oh. are in the yardstick? 36. 36. Now, if we paint the yardstick yellow, how many inches are uh, in that yardstick? 36. 36. How about if we color green or or blue? How many inches are same number? Same number. All right. Uh, Now, if we use a Democratic yardstick, it has how many inches on it? (laughs) It'd be all the same. 36. How about if we use a Republican yardstick? It's uh, 36. Everything would still remain the it, same. Right. The point I'm making is with jail for judges, it doesn't matter whether we have a Democratic president or Republican president. It doesn't matter whether we have a, a Republican Senate or a Democratic Senate or a House because people are fighting from the wrong front. If we have accountability to the law, we hang them on their disobedience to the law mm-hmm. because you can bring an action against anyone who violates the law and it goes to the judges. The judges are accountable uh, to the Constitution and we control whether they violate the Constitution or not. Until right. we have jail for judges, we will just be... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make the application to getting on an extra cycle. We get on there and we can sweat. We can lose a lot of weight. <laughs> We might feel good about what we did, but how far did we travel? Well, if the criminals aren't prosecuted, there's no doubt that the criminality will only grow and continue until there is no more justice. And I think we're at this point in time, I, uh, you know, from what I see out here, and this is from, you know. Now, now let, me, let me point out, let me point out, if we had used pro- appropriately that $11 million, how many states could we have gotten jail for judges passed on? And we and I we only need to win one state in order to win the whole country. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether the yardstick is, has a D on it or an R; it still has 36 inches. Mm-hmm. Remember this: uh, we have to hold the government accountable based on their own standard of judgment. They pass laws; we hold them accountable by the laws that they pass. Now, um, I've tried; they, the system tried to mock me by um, what I was advocating, <laughs> and in some cases I didn't respond to them. Somebody said, 
If Mr. Branson is correct, we'd have to have a jury trial for every dog license we issued. I ignored it, but I, my answer would be yes, that's correct, because in every criminal matter except for impeachment shall be by jury. That's the U.S. Constitution, Article 3. So if, it's, if they're going to make someone guilty of, of not having a dog license, oh, you could put him on trial for not having a dog license, but you're going to give him a full-blown jury trial. You have to have a probable cause determination by a magistrate committing to the jurisdiction of the court, and there have to be issued by the prosecutor an accusatory pleading pursuant to the Fourth Amendment. Then it can go to trial by a full-blown jury who decides, did this man violate the law in not getting a required dog license? Okay, if he gets convicted, what are you going to do? Throw him in jail? The fact is... Um, Government should not be profiting from crime. But that's what they do. It's like monopoly game. Oh, you stand it on my, my state of Illinois, you owe me uh, $240. Oh, you land on my waterworks, throw the dice and pay 10 times the amount on the dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all like the government's monopoly. doing with us. Mm-hmm. Well, they're playing this game with us. I know what their game is. And the fact is, see, they know that I am a threat to their infrastructure. That's why they have to kind of keep... If you notice, uh, jail for judges was taken off the Internet. Uh, so they got they got blocked by emails. They blocked it going and coming from, uh, to jailforjudges.org. Yeah. Uh, they, they realize that I am the biggest threat to this country and to their new world order. Well, I don't know if you're the biggest one, but I certainly know that anybody out there that, that's doing as much as you are, uh, you know, and some of the others out there, they they usually, you've been lucky not to become a target like some of the others in one. Let me point out, let me point out to you, when God called Noah, how many men did he call for the saving of the world? Well, he called I, one man. He called him. He called one man, mm-hmm. and he made provisions for the option to redeem those who would listen to him. And what was that one way? The ark. Now, supposing these other people said, well, we got better ideas. See, you have to understand the way God works. He calls a man, I'm using the signer, with a remedy for the uh, exit from the judgment that is to come. That's the way God works. When God delivered Israel out of the land of Egypt, how many men did he use? Well, he wow. called a man, and he had he had his brother as assistant, uh, and uh, but it was led by Moses. And had the people rejected Moses and said, "We want somebody else," what would have been the result? You have to understand that deliverance is from God. It's only from God. There are no other options. Well, obviously not. Their option was they were going to accept Moses or they were just going to perish. That's the point I'm making. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of good causes, but as I say, um, and I said repeatedly, the good is always the enemy of the best. There can only be one best. Everything else may be good, but it threatens the best because it draws attention away from the best. Well, I don't know, 
But, um, you know, I, I, I have no comment to that. But I, what I can say is what, what you do with jails for judges is um, very viable. I think it makes sense. Uh, people definitely need to understand more about your organization, and uh, we're certainly going to put the word out there a little bit more for you. Uh, I definitely think that judicial accountability is critical, if not the most important to the United States of America, and that these criminals should definitely be prosecuted, and they should face penalties for uh, their treasonous behavior and for their subjugating of the law and, and uh, you know, hurting the people of the United States and around the world the way it's been working. And I really want to thank you for coming on here tonight. Um, I'm just wondering, do you have any questions uh, you'd like to ask, uh, Marion? Uh, I have some callers, and I'd like them to see if they have any questions. But before we go to the callers, one quick question for Ron. Uh, have you followed up with uh, filing any criminal complaints against the judges? Oh, yes. And no results? They're, they're, just, they're just ignored. Just even ignored. If, even if you have tangible evidence of the crimes committed? It doesn't matter what they Remember, they have judicial immunity. It doesn't matter what the evidence is. It's, I filed a criminal, uh, a criminal matter with the county grand jury. The county grand jury said, well, we have no jurisdiction over the judges. You'll have to take to the Commission on Judicial Performance. I went prepared to the Commission on Judicial Performance, and they said, well, this is a criminal matter. We don't have jurisdiction over criminal matters. You'll have to take it to the State Attorney General. I went to the State Attorney General, and the State Attorney General said, oh, you'll have to take this to the Commission on Judicial Performance. I said, I just came to the Commission on Judicial Performance. They said it's a criminal matter. They didn't have jurisdiction. I would have to come to you. They finally had to listen to me. They took my evidence and, and they even made comments. Boy, you really have your evidence together here. They took photocopies of it, spent two and a half hours. They made photocopies. I was told they're going to expedite this criminal matter. Guess what happened to it? What? what? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. When I followed up on it, I said, what's going on? They, they wouldn't even let me talk to the very person who took all the evidence photocopy and I spent the time and I was going face to face his name was Virgil Chapman who is uh, the head of the uh, public um, uh, what do you call it PR man public relations he took all the evidence but then they, they kept him away from me I eventually went to the governor of the state guess what the governor of the state said well we can't go and do anything with the state attorney general He's elected just like the governor, and we have no jurisdiction. I pointed out in the state constitution, Article 5, subject to the governor and the attorney general to see that all laws be universally and adequately enforced. She, her eyes were open. She read that from the constitution like she never read it before. And she said, how can I help you, Mr. Branson? So I got to talking with her and telling her about the criminal actions and the like. And... Um, I said, I said to them, yeah, I don't mind these judges violating the law. You know, I just want the same privilege so I can go out and violate the law and be unaccountable. <laughs> she had to laugh about it, but she, she said, I understand what you're saying. And, so and the, fact is, mm -hmm. the fact is there is no way, and I'm going to tell you something, I have been to the state attorney general's office on another occasion. I walked in the office. I was talking about, uh, you know, the prosecution of a, a judge. I had uh, a public, excuse me, a uh, a uh, 
State Attorney General uh, Deputy followed me into the elevator. I was surprised that he said this. He said to me, he says, Mr. Branson, he said, you want us to go after these judges in California? He said, we're just not going to do that. He said, we have a conflict of interest. We are their attorneys. We defend them. When you sue them, we come into the court and fight with you. And you want us to go after these judges for criminal conduct. He says, we're just not going to do that. And, uh, Isn't that a conflict of interest with their out of office? Well, I got to tell you something. See, actually, I'm, I'm. <laughs> my wife, my wife is the head secretary in the district attorney's office, and they'd have, they'd have the uh, prosecutors and have their Christmas parties. I would go to the Christmas parties. I went to Bob um, Silabosian. Um, who was just recently at that time appointed as the secondary man, second person in the state attorney general's office. I said, Bob, hey, can I make an appointment with you? And he said, sure. He got his appointment books. To, uh, he suggested a date and time. I said, that will be fine. So before that date happened, I got a call from Bob. And he says, Bob, and he says to me, he says, Ron, I cannot meet with you. I said, why not, Bob? He says, I have a conflict of interest. I said, <laughs> Well, Bob, I said, who do I go to for prosecution when the when the government officials violate the law? <laughs> I, you know, we're talking on the phone. I couldn't see him, but I know he was smiling because he knew I had him trapped. He said, Ron, I just cannot talk to you, and he hung up on me. Oh. So what, what they're telling saying, me, they're telling saying, me face-to-face, they're telling me face-to-face, they will not prosecute a judge for criminal activity. So wait a minute, what you're saying then, the oath of office, all of that is just totally uh, 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 just uh, just on paper. Public office of law, uh, oath of office. One of the things I said to Bob, I said, Bob, I said, I apologize for for, uh, misjudging here, making an appointment with you. Can you tell me what agency in government I go to to prosecute uh, criminal officials? And that's what he said. I can't talk to you. <laughs> yeah, but so again, no, nobody's no. There's no emphasis on the oath of office because that's I correct. mean, I have to do. I I have to pull up the notes where the oath of office was used to actually overturn all of the decisions that judges made without having an oath of office at least at minimum on file. Well, you have to realize, too, jail for judges will reverse a whole lot of decisions over the past years because a lot of these judges don't they even have what? oaths of office. They don't even have oaths of office. Exactly. If judges for jail for judges passed, it goes back to perpetuity to every judge, so-called, who's not a judge because he didn't take the oath of office or did not have his oath on file. Exactly. Uh, if they sold your house and it was bought by somebody else, and they sold it to somebody else, it has to be returned to you because it wasn't done by a judge. Exactly. Exactly. Remember, well, that, 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 judges, have, judges have judicial immunity, but the question is, are they judges? Exactly. Exactly. Really? Because really that's, running that's, this country? <laughs> that, that's another angle that, that has definitely... Uh, been utilized and uh, to to uh, I forgot what state there were su- successful results. I mean, if you don't have an oath of uh, oath of office on file, you're acting uh, without the authority. So you have to reverse. Uh, 
Now let's take this matter to the current uh, House Obamacare this passed. Uh, we know that when Congress uh, passes a law, it requires the signature of the president, right? Before it becomes law? Mm-hmm. Let me raise the question. Do we even have a president? That's I was just thinking that. Do we have a legal president, right? If, the pre- if, if Obama is not qualified to be president, he's, we don't have a president in this country. Therefore, we don't even have a signature on a law that was supposedly passed by Congress. Nor could it be passed because there's no president to sign it. Yeah, but that's according to, you know, I mean, what authority do you have to substantiate? I mean, he was elected to office. You have rumors going on around here by, you know, unread people, but there's nothing to substantiate that this man is not the president of the United States. Well, I think the reason there's been about 11 lawsuits brought in, on that question in court. Every one of them have been dismissed without answering them. Mm-hmm. Right. I think there's very good but evidence. If, they, if you don't get an answer, if you don't get an answer from the forum to which required the answer, what do you have left? So, so Where do you take the question? Guess, if we have an uh, a illegal president, then that that's what justifies uh, uh, just judges without uh, oath of office. Well, I mean, if the top executive doesn't have 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 an oath of office, why would you expect anyone else to? Judges were there before. The issue judges before he came along. I think we we found this out even before Obama that this country exactly. has been in trouble. It's not only because of Obama, and we're not going to blame one instance or one president for the problems that we face now, I, I know I won't, because this problem has been taking place for many, many years in all different areas, and I, this infiltration took uh, took a long time for it to occur. It's not like it happened, you know, within a year or even eight years, but, uh, you know, I, I'm just wondering, because we are running out of time, Miriam, did you want to open up uh, your board and uh, have any guests? Yeah, calling? any questions over here? I, uh, Irene, I saw you called in. But you're not in. You're welcome to call in. Uh, any questions, Carl? Nigel? Let me see. I'm muted? No, you're unmuted. Oh, okay. Well, I just want to say that I've been saying the United States is nothing but a giant fraud for a long time, haven't I, Miriam? Yes. And I said that there's nothing we can do. And for that reason, I am planning to retire in Argentina. I've been telling Miriam and Chris that. And I'm pl- I'm planning on doing that. Do you have any questions for Ron? Uh, well, I want to. I live in Washington, and um, do you know whether we have the initiative process in Washington? But I was wondering if you happen to know if the uh, citizens can gather signatures to change the co- state constitution in Washington. Uh, no, they don't have that power in the state of Washington. Uh, you, have the power, you have the power to uh, pass statutes. You can pass statute law in Washington. Yes, you cannot okay. make an amendment to the Constitution. Now, here's okay. what I propose for the people in uh, Washington. What I propose is they use the initiative process to put on the ballot a requirement that the state legislature shall vote every two years on the question of whether the people shall have the right to 
amend their own constitution by the initiative process. And, you, and that the time will be uh, uh, two months before they get elected. Uh, well, I suggest that you investigate what has happened with a number of initiatives that have been voted on and passed by the citizens and then see what happened to them. We have had a number of them where they've been blatantly reversed by the governor and by the legislature. They just ignore it. If they don't like it, they ignore it. Okay, let me address that. We have a provision in the jail initiative that says no judge under the jurisdiction of the special grand jury uh, or subject to their decision may set in judgment on the initiative itself. Now, you're raising the question of whether the legislature or the governor can alter it. Well, uh, I'm not raising the question. Yeah, the, provision, the provision is, see, we had a situation of Proposition 8 here in California. There's a warfare. Uh, it was uh, about the gay issue in marriage. Uh, the people voted to make a statute in California outlawing the idea that gay people could could uh, marry. Well, they went to court, and, and the court said, well, you can't have such a law like that, and they said, it's unconstitutional. Well, the people went back on the ballot again and said, we're going to amend the Constitution and say there can be no gay marriages. Well, uh, so that went to the polls. The people voted it in by 52%, uh, and it became an amendment to the Constitution. So what the people, what the other side did was they went into court and they said, well, it's unconstitutional for the people to amend their constitution to say that it's unconstitutional to marry. Well, the courts, I guess, saw the handwriting on the wall and they decided that what they had decided early was wrong and the people do indeed have the right to amend their constitution. Uh, so that's the way it is now. But what they've done is now they're going to the federal court and they're bringing lawsuits in federal court saying the people of the state of California cannot vote themselves um, to pass such a, a constitutional amendment that says that uh, gays can't get married. Well, gays are arguing that denies them the right to get married. Well, the fact is you have to understand what marriage is. <laughs> the definition of marriage is uh, a man and a woman uh, joining together in union and becoming one flesh. They have, they're, they're trying to redefine the term marriage. We're not, not denying a gay person the right to get married. They can marry to whom they want. But it has to be, it has to, you know, if they're a, a man, they can marry to, to a woman that they wish. Or if a woman, they can marry the man they want. We're not, not denying them. What they want is redefine marriage and make it a special privilege for a class that they are um, coming up with. So uh, we're dealing with definitions of words here, and it's called verbicide. Now, I was going to say, I think you'd probably be uh, well off doing, look, investigating, carrying out what you want to do in the state of Nevada, because I know in Nevada they can change the constitution in the state, and it's a smaller state, so you wouldn't need as many signatures. We need about $200,000 to do this in the state of Cal uh, uh, Nevada. 
Yeah, one one drawback in Nevada, you have to have a certain number of signatures from each county. Right, you have to qualify it from uh, each each county. Plus, I think they have a follow up that you have to uh, do it a second time, and two of them means it passes. Well, that makes it difficult. Oh yeah, it makes it difficult. But the point is, as I say to people, how much is your your wife and your children, your property, this country worth to you? If they think that it's going to be cheaper going through a, a revolution and a revolt, um, I, I beg to differ with their understanding of evaluations. Wow. We can we can do this peaceably with money. It is going to take Federal Reserve notes, but we'll destroy the Federal Reserve system. And the point I'm making is, it's not that what I'm what I'm telling people is inadequate. They just evaluated and said, gee, it's too costly. Okay, well, count the cost of the alternative. Well, what what I do find amazing is, like you said, the Federal Reserve notes are so critical, and they seem to uh, uh, be uh, they they just disappear when it when it calls for a uh, a matter of justice, uh, something to help we the people. Uh, for example, in New York City, in New York, they just, they're opening up the most insane, hideous courts you've ever heard of. Sex offender courts, drug courts, uh, uh, failure courts, uh, I mean, uh, unbelievable. And no one is questioning, well, where's this money coming from? And they're doing this while they're shutting down schools. While they're shutting down any type of uh, legal reform. You know, even uh, even so, something like jail for the the the, the jail initiative. Yeah. Okay. You, you there's no money for something like that, but there's money for drug courts and and sex offender courts. You have to understand, you're going to have a new world order, whether you like it or not, and that's 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 the final. They're going to have, you're going to have a new world order. They don't well, care I don't, about I don't, this. I don't, I don't agree with you there. I, I don't agree with you either. No, I mean, no. I. I you know, yeah, not, I mean, I, I just try to listen, listen as much as I could bear listening yeah. to you. But, you know, you're just a little too uh, aggressive on some of your beliefs. Well, everybody's um, entitled to have whatever they want to think, Maria. Yeah, I understand that, you're but, I, you know. You're dealing, with, you're dealing with people that don't care about this country. They don't get one whip because all they think about is how we can have a one-world government. That's their, That's their goal. Yeah, but it's up to us. I mean, that's why God put you to to intervene into that. And how are you going to intervene? Just like you're doing, you you have an initiative started, and the next person now, you know, we just can't manipulate people and say, oh, there's just one way, because there's not just one way. God has put a variety of people on this earth to disrupt this plan. Chris is doing his share. I'm doing my share. You're doing your share. Everybody, God gives different skills. Well, I think what I think what what what's going on here is that the initiative for justice is a correct way to go. Right. No I, I, I agree. That's... I agree with Ron's statement when he says that there probably is no more important manner in which to turn this country around, but by prosecuting the criminals and by putting a judicial a judiciary system back into our government that is also uh, into our system. That is desperately needed. 
No doubt. That, that's without a doubt. No, I agree. I mean, I've I always supported the everything. The justice is totally gone. The, the court systems are totally gone. Yeah, uh, that is a know, critical factor. The criminals factor. are running it with, with immunity, and, you know, this seems to be the way it's going. But, you know, I, what I will disagree on is that I do believe there is resistance in this country and around the globe to the New World Order. As sad and, and, and as, as raggedy as it might be at the moment, I do believe that there are Americans and other people around this globe that will bring what you like what we spoke about before that you know a certain a certain point will bring a certain point you know what I'm saying I think that if they physically go into the streets to attack American citizens and uh you know with martial law and you know the shutdown of our country to to the social fascist whatever you want to call it I do believe that people will take up arms, and I do believe people will resist that activity. Um, and, and I just think that that's a very unfortunate possibility, which I, and I know you've stated before, that's the last thing you want to see. That's the last result that anybody should have. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, you know, bloodletting in the streets is the way to go to turn our country around at this point. Uh, you know, if, if the New World Order and the criminals, uh, you know, of the uh, of who who are seeking this activity plan on that I can certainly imagine that you know it, it, people are not going to go quietly I think that up to and, this and, point and, they, they've had their way but I don't think in the long run that they're just going to take over without any resistance at all that let I me don't. just let me okay. go on and I, as a point. man and as a man of God uh, could you just uh, just elaborate a little on faith if you if you do not feel that we can conquer this. Uh, what is your stand on faith? What is your definition of faith? Faith. The only, the, uh, the only way we're going to turn this nation around is by reverence to God Himself. All nations shall be turned into hell to forget God. So if our nation has forgotten God, it's doomed. That's my point. Righteousness exalts the nation, but you can't have righteousness where you have judicial immunity. It's not possible. If if it's not possible to have righteousness, nation, this nation is doomed. Well, what's your definition of faith? Faith, faith has to come from God Himself. That is, that's the only way our safety comes. Except the Lord build a house, they that build it build it in vain, and they that wash. Over the city, watch in vain, except the Lord uh, walks the city. So my my definition of faith is when we're in the hands of Jesus Christ himself, and I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about where we put our allegiance. Faith is the substance of the things unseen. You're talking about faith, yeah. Are you, is that faith or the word faith? Faith, F-A-I-T-H. Oh, faith, okay, yes. That is scripture, uh, Hebrews 11. I thought you were saying the word faith, F-A-F-E. Definition of the word faith. No, no, faith. I think that what we're battling here, and I think maybe we're all going to agree, I hope, is that this is a battle between good and evil. And that faith and faith and, you know, respect to God and uh, you know, this defeating of Satan and all this other kind of thing, because I think there are a lot of Satanists out there that are proceeding with these plans and uh, or, or all of this activity that we've seen. Um, and, you know, I'm very grateful that we have good, you know, we have good people out there, we have warriors out there, 
And uh, hopefully other individuals who are listening to these uh, radio shows and podcasts, uh, that they will, you know, start to become educated and understand that there is a real problem here in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. And Mr. Ron Branson has a solution. Uh, you know, you know what what he believes is right, and I, I agree with him. He has I a think great, he has a great, uh, a great idea, mm-hmm. and I, I support him in full. But you know, I do not believe it is the only uh, idea. I believe that God uses a variety of uh, tactics, and uh, yeah, that's why He created so many divine people. And this is why I mentioned. How many know it that God called? How many? Uh, uh, how many Moseses did God call? Uh, that's what you have to look at. Except the Lord, it's not. It's not those who run, those who want to run. It's it's of God. That's it. It's not of Him that willeth, nor Him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. If God didn't call him, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Well, well, I, I, I stand I behind faith as the evidence of things unseen. And many as many. Uh, and people as we can. And, with, you know. with the type of corruption we're dealing with, uh, you know, that's so well organized and global, we need as many warriors across the earth as possible. And we need them to stand on the fact that faith is something, is the evidence of things unseen, that through God these demons can be taken down. That's okay, the only you, way. Me, there is no I'm, other I'm, way. But through God, all things are possible, and these demons will not continue to deceive the masses of people to believe in this illusionary, fictional administration that they have going right now. Okay, that's, let me, that's, let me cite that's you the on... key to really the, 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 to changing this situation. Once the masses of the people recognize, oh, my God, you know, we are really being controlled by demons. We yeah. are, this is not real. Miriam, we're running out of time, so, uh, Ron, you wanted to say something at this point, right? Yeah, I just want to point out in the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, it says, who through faith subdued kingdoms. So um, faith is the means by which we subdue nations. But the question is, many are called, but few are chosen. So God at times raises up saviors. He raises up deliverers. So the question is, can this nation be delivered without the deliverer? A deliverer. Well, Jesus okay, was the deliverer. Pardon? Jesus was the deliverer. Okay, well, I'm going to... And in his uh, word, he said he, he expects uh, us to be to do more than what, you know, what he, what he did as God's children. Well... To, to to get off our Bible lessons here because we're, we are out of time, um, and I do appreciate uh, Miriam. I want to thank you for coming on to the show tonight. I don't mean to cut this thing short, but we are out of time. Well, we've been out uh, for a long time, but at least I think I've gotten my point across. Absolutely. God bless you. The only way I, we're going to turn this country around is through, uh, you know, if my people, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my faith. I I, I want to thank you, Ron, for coming on to the show tonight. We really appreciate you uh, tonight, and we hope that uh, you can come on again sometime. Uh, And, of course, we will 
uh, you know, put out this show for you know a lot of people to listen to. This is a global show, which will air uh, at, from Africa to China to the UK, Canada, and South America. So people will be listening to the show, and I want to thank Miriam Snyder for coming on tonight. From Andor can I just give my uh, 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 website, uh, Chris? Please do. Yes, uh, yes, my website's endorganizedcrimeuniverse.com, and um, I urge you to take a look at that website. Uh, we're greatly concerned about judicial corruption, and I feel you know, privileged to have spoken with Mr. Branson and commend him on his jail initiative, and it is my hope you know, that the judicial accountability will be uh, prioritized because there really is no other way other than judicial, you know, accountability first and foremost. That is, you know, one of the key, key, key functions. So again, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Give us uh, your website address again. Who me? Ron, can you please give them your contact information again? Uh, yes, if they want to write to me, it's uh, uh, PO Box two hundred seven. North Hollywood, California, 91603. Thank you very much, Ron. Again, I appreciate you being on the show thank tonight. And, and we're God gonna bless. End, we're going to end that, and God bless you, sir. And thank you for all your hard work. And you too, Miriam. I will speak to you soon. And this is Freedom Fighters for America World Radio at www.freedomfightersforamerica.com. And uh, we are signing off. Please tune in uh, Saturday night, 9 p.m., for the Take Back America series. Thank you for attending this show, and God bless you all. Call recording has been completed.
Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America at www.freedomfightersforamerica.com and .us. Thank you once again for tuning in. Okay. All right. I, I had to. Uh, I'm out of that call. I hope he calls in here. Um, I, you know, I thought it was informative, but um, we. I agree with him. In ter- in terms of what? Well, pretty much everything that he said. Right. Well, I mean, I, I do not see any other way. Uh, you know, without judicial accountability, that's you know. But, uh, you know, I, I have to stand on, uh, uh, you know, we might as well just drop dead and die now if we believe that there's no hope and it's going to be that way. In fact, now I'm going to cross-reference into um, another call that has 176 people. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and this is America Can Be Free. So this is totally in contradiction in contradiction to what's being taught there. This is 187 participants. Team Tim Turner, America Can Be Free. I think so, I've been on his call before. You've been on his call before? I think so. Who's what? that? Oh, uh, Miriam, that's Irene. Oh, okay, that's the baby. Okay, yeah. what what do you think about that call? Uh, it was good. I was in and out of it. I didn't get to hear all of it, but it was kind of scary. Kind of scary how you know, you know how he tried to uh, do you know bring up stuff against the the judges and he got well, to I run around. That that's the way it is. Yeah, that's scary though. Yeah, but that is a reality. Oh yeah, they're they've been like that for a long time. But uh, ten. Years they like here. that. You can't. That's the purpose of having Oprah offices. That's They've been the like that for 10, 15 years over here in California. Yeah. Really, I, really corrupt. Yeah, you know, one thing I wanted especially to bring when up, kids. And New York are pretty bad. Oh, one my God. One thing I wanted to bring up was the way Bush became president in 2001. Yeah, this is all By it. the Supreme Court. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this is all it. I mean, he's on point with the judiciary being a a prime point uh, into this new world order uh, uh, obstruction. That's why once we get we take that down, everything else can be worked out. But exactly. Say, you know that that's a key factor. Well, that's a, they want a pedophile a pedophile world. You know, a pedophilia world. Mm-hmm. And that's why these judges. And that's why these. Uh, high-ranking chief of police and politicians that you had the Bushes carting in those kids.